Good morning and greetings. Welcome, everybody. This is Tavo DRC, Dr. T at Tavo Creative Leadership. We're also home of the DFW Leader Ministry Online Fellowship. And we're working hard now to really hear from God how to put together a better software to do our video in a more professional you know, ministry style. I still feel led to keep it online because we really need to still fellowship with different saints to see what they're hearing so that we can send people their way. And then I need to get away as well because there is a lot of pressure and stress associated with planting any new work. So my ministry, the you know, whatever they want to call this, the Christian outreach is for helping people find out who they are, find out who they're not, found out who the Lord is and how they can cast all their cares upon the Lord. And even when you're by yourself or with a group, whether you got a mega call, a micro call, no call, you still got to learn how to enjoy a quality of life. And this is what I'm finding. Through the years, through the many years, many of which were very difficult, it turned out that the Lord was able to, with my relationship, understanding how he, you know, who he is, is that you could get a little mini vacation in the middle of all the pressure, all the warfare, all the white on white bigotry and some of these movements. So what we've done is got some kernel teaching and our kernel teaching through tclleader.com, which is the maven of doctrines. Uh, the maven of doctrines is a connoisseur because when you're sent to study the Christian community, all colors and very diverse, and you find that some of it's racist, but it's not the black people toward me. <laughs> Maybe they have their own, but you know, I'm looking to help the Christians clean up their vessel, clean up their vessel, their vehicle, and whatever it is to get right so they're not self-righteous. This is not an all-white move. It's not an all-brown move. It's the Lord's move. It's not all red state. It's not going to be blue state. I believe we need to think purple state. Let's have a little bit of dignity and royalty for everybody on every side, black and white. So we're for the populace, the population. We're for the populating of heaven, whether they go to a church, whether they're official or not, whether they have a ministry or not, leadership or not, because everybody leads something. You lead your home or your own life or you don't. And then we're for depopulating the other place for eternity's sake. And then because I do love the body of Christ, I enjoy fellowshipping with different brands and styles and different parts of God's anointing. You know, God, Holy Spirit has multifaceted Holy Spirit because human vessels can only handle it so much while we're here. God is keeps himself purposely enigmatic, mysterious. He'll reveal certain things through one stream of the Holy Spirit or one kind of teaching or a book or a person. But a lot of people are confused. And so we want to make it simple. My group, you know, my mine is to say, let's just make it down to earth. Everybody is wanted. Anybody who wants to try it, they can. Anybody who doesn't want to, doesn't have to. We're not going to apply emotional pressure. There won't be this financial pull or push. It will just be you hearing God. You don't have to be famous, but you could be. It doesn't matter because in heaven, everybody's going to be equal. Jesus should be the only one that should be famous. He's the only, if you have to use the modern term, celebrity. He's the only one, but he's not a fake, phony, less than deep, immature type of, you know, that type of character. He is a deep person 
that is there and a true person. And when you're in difficulty and you don't know how to escape, you don't know where to go, he is there. And that's how I seem to have gotten this call on my life, the skill to speak like this, because I know not everybody is a formula. Not everybody feels comfortable in one kind of church, one kind of group. Not everyone feels comfortable in a red state type ministry. I'll be honest. Not people feel comfortable in a blue state or any kind of purple state, you know. But you got to hear God for yourself. And so we're available to be here to encourage, to pray, even if we feel it and you feel it, to mentor people in this, you know, many ways, ministry, prophecy, parenting, whatever. Because I have, I have the long-term experience and some of it is with big time strange situations fiery trials things that don't quit but as an apostle one of the apostles chief apostle of this ministry with a lowercase a servant leader like Paul we want to not get confused in all the massive information and styles of ministry we just say you know what let's just be try to be ourselves let's find ourselves Let's be E-O-R-R, -R, equal opportunity, really respectful and diverse to every kind of person made by God and have no respecter of person's spirit. A respecter of person's spirit is a, is a spirit that says we only like our kind. It's a clubby spirit, a divisive spirit, a selective, you know, we only want you if you look our part or have our style, you know, so seeing that, not doing it, not doing it. It's not Jesus. It's not Christ following first book of, of anywhere in the New Testament, not Acts or Jesus' life in the gospel. The Messiah was equal opportunity, real diverse males and females, genders, everybody, you know, old and young, black and white. So we are for the body. And there are times when, you know, you don't need this kind of ministry. We understand that you need a different one. So go for it. You know, there's a time you have a weird situation that involves maybe parenting or pastoring or preaching or prophesying and I enjoy all those fields. Also prophetic worship and musician and theory. I like to help people with their theory because I, um, to be honest, I used to give piano lessons when I had the ministry and a family growing up and so I had many pupils and I was uh, a CCLI songwriter if I had a bio and write songs. So, I've, and you can see and hear my tone. Now I can go really rock, but these are the tones, you know, mellow, chill on celebration of his word, music.com. And they're pretty old in the fact they still carry the anointing, but they are because of things that were going time off in the last few years, it was just some transition difficulties to focus. And then the keyboard got slaughtered by the, the drugging person. So that was it. But we're back and we learned about how not to be manipulated. If anything, that is what I've, as, I used to didn't know because I was trained to, you know, respect everybody and anybody who had, a, you know, Christian because I had good parents. But I didn't realize a lot of the false teaching out there today in the Christian ministries and generated a lot by media wannabeism. Nobody knew we'd have media like this 30 years ago. No one knew. So we not, you know, we didn't know a lot of this stuff might happen. But a lot of this spiritual warfare against a Christian by a Christian is manipulation. A need to attain at any cost. And we're trying to re resurrect the down-to-earth 
non-materialistic, but yet feeling well-rounded in a prosperous, healthy, emotional health, relationship health, fear of the Lord health, plenty of provision that you can help your family, other people, and give it away and keep whatever God tells you in your conscience is the right thing. So we're trying to get away from the materialistic standard that is out there. So when we've been around and trying to find the good news, trying to find Holy Spirit in good news, good news, then you find a lot of this errant teaching because I think in the last 30, 40 years, since TV got big, Christianity TV, that with all the media and all the people, people many a cup between the, many a slip between the cup and the lip, that means the head preacher that's known, local or online, has their say. And that didn't mean they're, I'm not criticizing any of them. Now, a lot of them need to know this so they can adjust some of their message, maybe. I was out here on purpose embedded until lately as just another person being sent an office, but as a, I guess, a spy in the land to see the fruit of the doctor, not spying in a sinister, I'm looking to calculate, find evil. No, not at all. It always, if there was evil, it would find me, believe me. Otherwise, I don't think it like that. I think, oh, I need to find out about the Lord more. I love to grow. So when that happened, I realized a lot of this Perverse Christ following, perversion of spiritual prophecy, camping on the wells with all this demonic sin spying and going to the occult and going to things that are not nice and not really friendly, no emotional love, no emote love, is due to what we had happened and transpired when famous TV models and then all the theology came out and maybe got some errant, for instance, covering shepherding. I'm going back and leader redigging the wells of the Holy Spirit to try to say, let's not have any doctrines, fragmenting fractious doctrines or false teachings that accuse people, especially new people that walk in the door that are trying to Hebrews 10, 25. That was my discovery. Also, we're going to go after bias in Christians. Uh, no one's going to be religious, right? And the fact that has a bad, bad stigma, just that thought in the culture of the dark skin community and some of us. Not putting you down if you are one, but please, this is not your old white, basically white culture of red state in the American. It's not. You're going to have to really grow up and hear how to relate now to the society of culture that is not the same. It is not the, it is in a typical culture if ever it was. So we believe that we need to repackage or rethink fellowshipping with the saints as a community, Ephesians 4, more diverse, less legalistic, more life-giving than sin spying. And so that's why I'm teaching so many things. And it's interesting, but to me, if they can't, if they're morose, some prophetic, ministries you could look around for the joy of the hebrews 1 9 prophet christ who had the oil of joy and gladness above his fellows read that the new testament prophet is supposed to look like christ hebrews 1 1 and 2 says so and then how did christ act in his office role in ministry was he morose 
not relating, but skillfully psychic mind melding or achieving and like Elijah Purden, you know, really gone crazy and wild, not relating, only thinking, perceiving people. Oh, now I know them. Yes, I know that they do this. They're like that because I saw it right here. No, that's the spooky witch watch inside. That's when you get into the aberration of Holy Spirit in our nation, in our nation. So we want to go back and examine Christ, Jesus, not under all the doctrine you've heard, I've heard, want to have. We're going to look again objectively, and I'm going to teach on it, and it's going to be a new beginning. This is a new beginning for the body of Christ, whomever wants to be in it. And it's not about me. It's not about you. It's Lord, and he telling you, just like Jesus told, Mary told the <coughs> servants at the wedding of Cana, this is my plea, <laughs> what I submit, whatever he says to you, you do it. You don't have to be some big shot to do it. You don't have to be any color to do it. You don't have to be a lone woman or a friendly giant of ego to do it. You just do what God says in a walking it out fashion. That's it not legalism, not keeping your legalism, you can tell it has a scowl of false doctrine. They know more. They're under the law. It is biased against certain types. They're under the law. They are set in concrete and do not know the freedom of Ephesians 4 common doctrine. It's our way or the highway. You're going to be maligned and you're going to be gossiped about in our group, in our famous ministry group, because you're not covered, unsubmitted. See, hear that scowl coming out, finger-pointing scowl of Phariseeism, accusing, the accusing of the brethren, mothering, and leader, and lay. We're trying to make it happy now. All can participate. So when we go down our list of who we want to be under, connect with, perhaps donate toward, you want to pull out of the doctrine and theology you're accustomed to and really rethink, listening with a new ear. How do they treat and respect all people, from the youngest child in the nursery to the oldest lady at the door to the widow, the single parent, the black African-American with family, without this lone man, the lone people, because see now people are very critical, hypercritical of a stranger. They're very hypercritical of a person alone. And I didn't know that I would be the test case to find this out. But when I was before the ambush divorce, when I thought I'd be married forever, but I would be sent out alone. And I would say, do you want to go with me? No, I'm too busy. So the he was really in business and he trusted me to go and I went. When I go to conferences out of state, when I go to revivals, I would always ask a friend. I said, you want to go? No, we're too busy. You want to go? No, we can't afford it. So I would go at the Lord's leading. I do not be trying to prove anything by being this strange creature they fabricate, imagine, illuminate with great you know, fantasy and far away staring. 
And that's why I guess I was sent to do this, to be the stereotype and the litmus test of those moves that do that and accuse people falsely with false teaching and a stare, a scowl of false teaching that just want to go worship the Lord, be in the fountains of the Holy Spirit like Hannah. Hannah being sent, Hannah the future mother of the new move, was weeping, had a cross to bear, an angry you know, an angry rival wife, the other wife, Penina, was on her case about her being barren. Hannah had children, was rubbing her nose in it. Well, out, nobody knows it. Probably nobody in the Eli Templi priesthood really cared. But the lone Hannah was highly favored with her husband. She was the first priority wife, and he wanted her to go. He said, you know, so she was gone. She was allowed to go to visit the temple priesthood where she was weeping before the Lord. Because she had a cross to bear, she didn't look as perky. She wasn't wearing that pink everybody wants them to wear. She was being herself and she was in grief. It had been years of being stigmatized because in the Old Testament days in the Jewish law, you were looked down on and frowned upon and thinking you're not worthy if you don't have children. So there are many backstories, that's the lesson, many backstories that people who are legalist and fault finders and presumptuous and pompous and proud, like Eli the Templi priesthood, the errant misogynist, who would, who is the tolerant boys will be boys over the really misogynist young sons he had that were his minister's associate staff. When you read 1 Samuel, the first four chapters, it's prior to the Ichabod when God destroyed them and set up a new move of God with Samuel, Hannah's son. Nobody wants that to happen. I'm not putting that on anybody, but I'm saying we're in a new season of Holy Spirit. It's going to be either God or not. Trash disposal. Trash out. Time for a Holy Spirit, holy Holy Spirit move. Not religious, not patriarchal, but everybody in their own skin, in their own style, doing what God says. We want miracles. So the Eli Templi priesthood has been a huge deal in America to me, to know that it exists. And that stodgy, critical formula, but the fruit is the worst part. The fruit, aloof fruit of jaded cynic ministry that was really tolerating good old boy behavior. Because when you read Eli, the older priest who should have, who, who had to have known better, he was in charge of the temple, the head guy, the head leader with all the law steeped in many years of the law, all the teaching of the Hebrew law, Torah, and he was in charge of overseeing that. So he had two sons that he allowed to minister, Hophni and Phinehas. And they were known throughout the whole area. All the gossips, all the facts that those two men, those two young men repeatedly slept with the women, the leader women that came to the temple in their office. They were still ministering one day and at night, you know what I mean? Terrible stuff. The other part, those two young men were infamous in how they commandeered God's people for offerings, which is fat and all the different things back in the Old Testament days. And when the people didn't give enough, they 
send a man out to get more, and they used it for themselves. It said that in the Eli Temple High Priesthood day, compassion fatigue, jaded, cynical, and accusing, misogynist. It said that the offering of the Lord was despised in the whole day. People just hated the thought of offering. And I have lived in the grassroots all my life since the media scandals first happened. I'm down. It is despised now. You know that. So we're looking at the, in my opinion, I'm saying, I don't know how it will happen, but we're going to work on how can we all, you know, everyone think, how can we in America, we need to work on it, really need to work on it. How do you remove the stench off God's offering in leadership today? What happens in a new move that can remove the stench of the old nasty era, era bygone now to please the Lord without getting materialistic, without having misogyny, and without with having respect for all persons equally, not just a few. What I want to have is avoiding the Ichabod. I might title this message, Avoiding the Ichabod. The symptoms of a jaded Eli Templi priesthood are in America. It could be a male, it could be a female. The user, abuser, accuser, stereotyping. Uh, oh, boys will be boys. You know, what if they did that? That's just how they are. Preferring the male not the female. Jaundiced against that. That is fruit of it. Now, see, I come from the opposite. I come from wholesome. <laughs> I come from daddies who were, my father is a pastor and other men that I've dealt with, board members and stuff like that. I've come with people who were no guile leaders, and that's what I expected. Uh, I've had, you know, I was thinking of people who, who call that things that they think I did, you know, that's, I'm doing it for all the, all these people. If anyone thinks that I did anything unseemly and that I was carried away and caused the divorce and did all sorts of evil things that people think about sex, it probably, knowing how they do, they're, fan they're, they're evilly preoccupied and jaded about women and sex. They really are. They have a big, I think they have issues, <laughs> fornication and, you know, prophetic people. When that misogyny comes out, it, to me, it's a sign. See, Eli, if I have any gossip about me out there, and I believe there's plenty in certain circles, no one has ever confronted me. No one has ever called me up to find out if it's true. But I know how they do, so I'm just letting it out. If you want to know that bad, it's your business, call up somebody. Call me up. I'm your friend. I don't mind telling anything to anybody. If that gossip has gotten out, if there is a gossip, about a white woman, it will be LP. It will only be LP. The black people, they don't do this to the at least to white ones. They're more more respectful. The Baptist, I think they'd come ask you and confront you like Matthew 18:15 says to do in Galatians 6:1. They would humbly confront like I would. So if you get all these witchy-watchy, suspicious, Caucasian whelp tales out there in ministry, time after time, years after years, what have you got the fruit of? You have nothing more than the fruit of the Eli Templi priesthood, lower or 
bigger ministry. And that was prior to Ichabod. I'm warning you. I'm warning several of you, many. I could go on and on because as a as an equal to them in my gift and not really sent out to be famous or surrounded by handlers. We, this is not a famous move, never, no matter what. Celebrity, no. This is to respect all people if they're on a stage or off because those people, these same people, well, are guilty repeatedly around the nation of touching many of them have touched in this move God's anointed that were not famous like them, that they saw themselves as that. That's what's dangerous about celebrity. This is what's dangerous about teaching out there now. It's dangerous for Jesus' name and normal people, normal, natural people. You can move in the spirit and swing from the chandeliers and still be natural. Talk to people. Light up when you see them. Show that you have empathy and respect, that you acknowledge that they're there. You're not stuck in some self-absorbed stupor of holy, holier-than-thou, Holy Spirit, psychic you know, realm. So um, it is the intention to trouble the waters here. It is intention to provoke doctrinal insight, to say who's really who, who's really spooky, and who's really right. I submit a Selah. So if you want to go around and spread the word like the, just like the whelp in the New England patriarchs back in the Puritan day, they came over and some of them, not all, we're not teaching against the Puritans who were white, but we're saying some of them had false perverted views of women and misogyny and false teaching, the scowl of false teaching. <laughs> because they would get dreams and vibes, no evidence, but they would tell among themselves the other kind of whelp like that. She's a witch, she's a witch. See, that's the fruit. They have an ought against women, real women. Whelp, no matter big, small, there's a back in the day, ought against women, which comes down from Eli Templi priesthood. I believe Pharisees and whelp have guilty consciences about women certain kinds of women and they run in the culture of that not all but on top of that then many of these are occult like the whelp at the witch trials the people at the what oh the the witch the witch trials of salem submitted what they called and you can google it spectral evidence they used vibes, nightmares, dreams, and impressions, reading somebody's vibes from afar as the evidence that they really were a witch. Is that right? Is that Jesus? Is it nuts? Back in the day and right now, that goes. And that is why, primarily, I do not go near these things. That is why I study their doctrine for the behalf of safety of the body of Christ. On behalf of them, a few of them chosen, Watch out. God can move on you and remove. This is serious. Just like the days of Ananias and Sapphira were there. Just like the days when God moved in judgment and justice in his, in his houses. We're not talking to the non-believer. We're talking to the Christian. So be, um, be humbling ourselves before the Lord, and let's get our doctrine right. False teaching has a scowl. It has a tattletale. It has a mind in other people's business. It has a witch watching. It has the thinking evil of fellow Christians. It, it spreads tales to networks 
of similar minded doctrine. That's really it. When I go to a black church, <laughs> they're so real, so down to earth. They're like, hey, how are you? If I go to a Baptist church, hey, how are you? I think if I go to a venue church, hey, how are you? It is whelp. <laughs> so, Holy Spirit, good. Fear of the Lord in the Holy Spirit, good. Praying in the Spirit, fine. Moving in the gifts, fine. We want to, if you feel it. Praising and dancing and worship, fine. However, don't sidetrack us and confuse us and beat us down with misogyny, bias, occult, needless warfare. This is my, I was thinking that today. I was, you know, I sit there with the Lord sometimes getting ready to come in. I was thinking, man, so nice not to be around those far-fetched doctrines. It's so happy. The cult spirit has been around me when I didn't know because I trust people and I don't see it overtly, but I'm a perceiver prophet, so I will feel the watching, the scanning. And so I finally knew I was being scanned, never spoken to, never respected they're equal not they're pure but poor you know whatever this is they think from far away and I went that's okay they're not smiling either <laughs> so I pulled back because I know the body of Christ and I know the real Christian and it made me feel, after a while when you've been in this it is suppressive and it is ongoing so you don't realize that you are under this cloud of dark doctrine even though they can be very well-meaning and very nice. But I'm telling you, this happens. So when I got out of that, I realized at that other place, you know, and other places before that, not just that one, and they were never dark-skinned. I thought, I really feel like I, I'll be honest, I can't be myself. I'm more happy than this. If I'm happy, they'll think I'm out of order. They'll think I'm up to something. They'll get confused because they don't know this energy. So you got to go where you're sent. And then you got to go again where you're sent. But if you feel there's something off in their doctrine, their theology, you get out. So I have to say right now, until they repent, and they can. A lot of these can. Right now, when you are in the fruit of what I just described, and that theology, it makes and creates a 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 condition. A house that is now a friendly fire fellowship. Confused, doctrinally off, full of itself, usually white whelp, but not always. You know, you can have all different kinds. There could be a Baptist somewhere. There could be a fellowship in a house that does this, you know, because there's a lot of weird doctrine and weird people and caustic, toxic Christians. I hate to say it. But I'm past, I really. I'm doing this to give an alert. I'm really just throwing that out there because it's desperate, really. I feel des Christ is desperate to get his revival on. And this move is stopping it in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's toxic and critical and accusative. And when you're criticized, you're spiritual, your spirits are open to these people. You have to go back and, man, I feel so condemned. I feel so judged. I feel so watched. I feel, what is this? And then you get confused and you feel sinful. And so when I got out, it took a few weeks to get over it, like a divorce, because you love them. You really do. And you see their good qualities. But listen, I'm not going to be stifled, smothered by a cult spirit. I'm not going to be micromanaged by peering, searing, psychic, occult. 
this is so big in America, that's why I'm saying it. Not just one ministry, it is tons, all right, that move in the gifts and the usually celebrity or think they're going to be. So we want everyone to be able to enjoy. I, I, you know, I love to do that, but I don't want to be, whoa, underneath in the bath where there's something smirking in the waters, something spooky, something watching, something micromanaged, something control. So when I realized today, because I've had a lot of experience in faith movements and all kinds of movements, missionary Baptists, all these different ones, there is one spirit, a, ma a master spirit, and I don't talk usually about all this. I don't until I'm forced to, to clean up for this move of God, the harvest, when there's no fear of the Lord in ministry. So I think there's one spirit. It's like a supreme, exalted, huge, big, huge controlling spirit in a personality time after time. And I'm sure there are black people that do it. But this has only been white to me. And I have had it. It is involved entitled ego, giant ego, maybe a big call to the Holy Spirit, but is now into the occult and is a witchcraft, real witchcraft. It can be not just a Jezebel spirit, which doesn't frighten me. It's, you know, I know how to deal with this stuff. This is not big. This is like, they just don't teach it well. Or you, people wouldn't think it's so big, you know. But when you're dealing with planning a work for God, and you were a real leader, and they, you were not recognized. You're feared with false teaching and all this plotting and lack of confrontation, respect, evil eye, evil-mindedness goes on. As a, another prophet, their friend, who wanted to be their friend, you pick it up. This is withstanding our move, a lot of our move. So this big spirit that tries to, you know, it's like it, it is clueless. It's completely blind because it only sees my style, which is diverse, E-O-R-R, -R, energy, cross-body unity, all colors, not white or colonial. It is a colonial spirit. I think it's like a slave master. Handed down and it guards income. It's money and slave master. Watch our turf and our cult. Watch our church and our cult. Watch our personal family member and our business, you know. Do we want it on them? No, because it is evil for them. Do we want them to be hurt? No. Do we want them to be changed for their sake? Yes. This is a huge, dominating and big spirit. You can have a, it is in the white prophecy move in some, in really many places, and in white community and white culture who say they're Christians. It is just a spirit of control and domination. And I have had experience in my life with what I called Lucifer spirits. Lucifer spirits, and this is not one more crazy word out in the community, but it, it describes it. A Lucifer spirit is what I used to live with in my home, and I know it. And the person who tried to assault me in my office was another one that smashed the keyboard, did all this stuff, tried to assault me. God was there. I'm a prophet, but it's still, it was still an experience. And, you know, you understand it was a traumatizing experience, both of those. And I brag on God. God, I mean, thank God for God. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. Joy. I was like, hmm, 
what's in their doctrine <laughs> at the time. Uh, but anyway, the Lucifer spirit, because I'm no wuss. I am not a wuss. I'll be honest. I'm not a wuss. And I am a prophet. So there's a spiritual realm that, I don't know, starts this stuff to try to think she's nothing. She's just nothing. She's minus. She's in our way. We want to control. We want to own. That's what the Lucifer, that's to me. Because if I show up, not a small person, and it's normal people, it's like, hey, you're my friend, we're chatting, we're friends, black and white, doesn't matter. If a if I am encountering not just a Jezebel spirit, but a Lucifer spirit, that thing recognizes anybody like myself and will get bigger. It sort of rises up. I've had it in over six foot, one was six foot six, one was six foot one. Now another one, six foot three. I've had it in family members. I've had it in you know different things through the years, but it has not stopped God or made me feel. It wants to put you out, but I'm not, you know. So I know because you have to have a modicum of might. This is why I might be fearful to the weak that are legalistic in the Welt movement. The legalistic Christ followers who are like, wussy whelp sissy whelp because they're used to using steel law like fascism to get others to do their bidding or else penalized with us you know whatever that goes on isn't this isn't this mind-blowing really for the normal person in the tragic for the for jesus in this season isn't this tragic it is tragic why can't we just be loving and have your field of holy spirit without all the all the sidetracking, all the famous fame, all the pomp, you know, whatever, pomp and circumstance. It's wearying. It is just wearying. Play. It is old move. So long story short, it is a, you bind it. A controlling spirit, you're not its victim. You are to bind it. Even if you have to bind it, but leave because it is, I mean, some people are giant egos. They are so big. I've been with mega and micro, but egos with misogynist, it is, you know, I believe that I have dealt with Lucifer's maybe two, three times, at least one time with misogyny. That was the one with the assault. And I'll be, you know, I did not tell all this, but when I was, when I am carrying a cross of poverty, of being abused at home, that's when these demons want to, you know, I'm carrying the cross, a Christian who shows up similar, on their behalf, I say, here we come to God's house, like Hannah, alone, grieving the loss of our mate, grieving the loss of our position at work, maybe the loss of, you know, just something awful going on, abuse. And you go there to cry or to be with God. Really, I don't go there to cry. I go there to be with God. And they spy you with that evil, unclean spirit and start to label you, accuse you, smother you, stifle you, want to plot your takedown. That is machismo. That is demonic witchcraft toward a fellow Christian prophet and also abusing God's name in vain. It is using God's name in vain, a lot of that, legally. Because Christ... When I read him in his Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
how he acted and reacted to every person, every human, it was equal. Even the woman in sin and adultery. It was the Pharisees he rebuked. Even in the teaching in the Christian church today community about Jezebels. Oh, Lord, I'm an expert now because of that. Because I don't just take everything, you know, at face value. And there's so much accusation and name smearing and pride that they found one. Childlike. I just do it for the half of Jesus because I'm a teacher and I'm going to have my college. So at the Church of Thyatira, all these people think oh, the legend in the seats and on the pulpit in ministry usually is through the years. It's that woman. You know, those women are just she's tall. She looks strong. She's a Jezebel. Don't you know. Do you realize I've been carrying my cross? It's and I know the Lord and I have power of might. Uh, maybe that's why a lot of us are like, we're a little weary today. <laughs> so that's why I teach, assess, don't accuse, see if they're acting in James three seventeen, and are you the wisdom that comes from above? It goes works both sides of the ministry aisle. The wisdom that comes from above for a visitor, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. I'm always that, 200% of the time, 250. But are they, some of these, the opposite? They are not easily, let it is. So then here's this, the whelp. If you teach like this, instruct like this, because you've been there and you don't want them to suffer judgment, you don't want other people to cause pain, all you want is revival, everyone go and do what they want to do with the Lord's leading, the whelp will turn on and say, oh, it's just a woman. She's just complaining. She's wounded. It's big and whelp psychology, the whelp, you know, denial, the whelp. Oh, yeah, blame shift onto somebody because they don't want to hear that they are not perfect because they can't handle it. And so they're not open to upfront confronting. I've never been confronted. Who has been confronted? In Matthew 18, submitted. Who has made 15 confrontation, Galatians 6, 1, humility? Nobody. I haven't. And I confront. So therefore, I think if they are into all these people watching us for being submitted, calling us and rumoring without speaking out of order in rebellion unsubmitted all this nightmare of trying to fellowship with the saints in so many locales i just started in the 90s when i started hearing all this watching all this analyzing what's in their doctrinal bath waters it's all white country passed down from the mountains i believe the old hickory altar or something like that so I teach it for freedom in the saints. Accusation, scowls of false, signifies scowls of false doctrine. So all the witch watching scowls of false doctrine. All the bias scowls of false doctrine. All the ego scowls of false doctrine. You're not, you know, you're, stay in your place. It's a castus. So that's where we're out of there. We scram because the Friendly Fire Fellowship is made of this. The warning from Paul. He gave three group fellowship commands. The popular one is the whelp one. Do not forsake, just like that, don't forsake fellowshipping with the saints as some have. That scowl shows legalism. God did not give us a legalistic spirit of control. 
he gave us common doctrine, Ephesians 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. And he'll tell you personally, if you're true, I want you to go to this church, stay there as long as I tell you, help them out, commit. If they're, if they're uh, quality, trustworthy, pay some tithe there. So we got a whole teaching to come on tithe alone out of this. The other one is, if they're, the one was to go, yeah, but nowadays with all this going on, all this legalism, accusation, assassinations for showing up, the stigma of having a look like their Jezebel type without any relationship, with all that going on, who, want, who can trust this? That's why I left. You can't trust it. It's a now a second command. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Let me read the whole thing. I have my Bible out today. I'm not in the between errands. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, here it is, written by Paul. All right. It says, know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Let me put it this way. Yeah, in the news of the world, it's perilous time. But who could have thought going to church and getting in the Holy Spirit would be perilous? It is. <laughs> I can't tell you how perilous it is. Because as when you're open in the prophetic move, you're open in your emotions because you trust. You're open because you're sensitive, listening for the Lord. You don't know you're going to get blamed with false teaching or arrows in your back. Let's admit it. Arrows from spiritual jealousy, psychic, uh, false doctrine. Okay. Hey, this is why I laugh because I'm not there. <laughs> I mean, because I want to help people or do, but I just, God brought me through it. And it, it is amazing to have this because of great parenting, Baptist in my background, good people who are not in this move. And then Holy Spirit, his counsel through my life. Many people can know this. This is my share to, my share to submit. Know this, everybody, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Why? We're in perilous times. Because you can't even visit a church. Well, what about the world if the church is this bad <laughs> and accusing and fault-finding and biased and dominating? <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> wow, what's the world like? I'm not going to work on the world. If the Christians work on themselves and the community, the world will shape up. The world will take notice. Know this, a command from Paul. Know this. Be aware. You've got to be aware of this. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Why? For men, God's confused men, Christian men and women and husbands and fathers and uh, cynics and uh, in church owners of ministries and businesses in the last days men christian men not just the world i'm not talking about the world i always thought this is i really hoped it would only be about the world but it's not for in the last days men chosen gifted real men elite men will be lovers of themselves. It says they shall be lovers. I hope it didn't. I mean, really, it could be any of us. So watch out, men and women, but all of us might have some of it, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. 
So this is a cautionary tale. That's why we're supposed to know this so we can self-introspect and say, therefore, the grace of God, Lord, I could do that any day. You know, I don't want you to or me either, but I'm being open. We've got to be this real because it's valid to examine. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Yeah, my four more, no more. You know, she's coming to take my turf. Why, my wife is just a weak-willed simpleton. <laughs> Nobody matters except me and my Instagram. For men and women, mean men, <laughs> women shall be lovers of themselves. Selfie. Who put the elf in selfie? Fantasy, isn't it? I mean, but I'm not against selfies. I'm just throwing it out. For men and women, mean men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, FOMO, fear of missing out, keeping up with the plastic ministry Joneses, all right? For in the last days, men, some men, not all, not all, not all of you. A remnant is there, holy remnant, thank God. Thank God for you, you're not proud. For in the last days, men shall be some men, maybe many men, will be lovers of themselves, covetous, not godly contented, but always seeking more, never content, never godly contentment with great gain. First Timothy 6, 5, I am godly content with great gain. I think if God can do that with me, he can do it with anybody. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's fun. All right. Covetous boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. I got a few of those. I understand that. So they're proud. How can they be proud and Christian at the same time and minister and prophet? How can they be proud or me? How? Nobody is ever going to get rid of the basic fallen nature unless God gives you mercy and you'll only really get part of it. The fallen nature goes back to LPV, the basic sins of fallen man without Jesus, unredeemed flesh. And that is lust, pride, and vanity. It's a common factor. Some people have bigger lust issues. Some have pride vet pride and vanity issues more but everybody can have different kinds of all of those and we need to just not be frightened about or not want to discuss it be a pharisee i can't talk about it if i've got a lust issue you just gotta humble yourself and find somebody to help you work it out and go to god it's really about god so in the last days everybody practically because knowledge puffs up and makes proud there's a lot of different kind of proud there's a scheming proud. There's a superior, our kind only proud. There's an educated or a lack. I'm not going to be like the man, the system. You know, it can go all ways. Excuse me. I got, somebody must be thinking of me. My nose is itching. Oh, oh, excuse me. So we have to look at pride. If you want to look at LPV, well, pride, the sneaky snake of superior pride, is a whole chapter described by the Leviathan. Notice the word Levi in that Levitical patriarch. This sneaky snake of twisting and hiding won't confront, won't be confronted, 
pride. It can go to superiority, arrogance, and just plain old vanity because it talks like the sneaky, you know, the snake prides itself. It likes to see its own sparkling scales in the light. So to me, everybody, anybody, everybody could, and you know, all of us, me too, have to always work on it because you could say, oh, I'm not proud. You can think that. And then somebody shows up who's really <laughs> so meek and you went, oh, I thought I was pr not proud. I am. They are so meek and humble. So God can use all of us for different things, but you, you can at least work on it. It says there will, the last days people will be blasphemers. How can you blaspheme? Well, a lot of people think, yeah, cussing, give God's name in vain. Well, I thought a few years back, the culture of the Christian, antichrist Christian community where I lived in the deep south for a long time, I thought, man, now I know a little bit more about this verse. You can misrepresent Christianity and say, I'm a Christian and be the total opposite, false advertising. You can say, oh, I'm a mega cult, if you're honest, but if you're dishonest and you're blaspheming, potentially, unless you made a mistake, you are intentionally trying to make people come to you, one person, and put money in your, that's a cult. And that is false advertising to the normal person like myself who thinks, I need fellowship. I want to find a place to where I can make friends and I can be accepted in the beloved and, you know, community. But you get there, it is taking, the, it is really false advertising bait and switch to get people to come for your sake. So when I found a lot of the prophetic charismatic in the not right here, but basically before there was a lot more money and a lot more, I don't know, hypocrisy, I don't know, it's just a lot of weird stuff from, you could be murderous to other people's character and, and their names for the vanity. You could be so competitive or so threatened by because your low ego and your your big ego and your low esteem. A lot of this is fault finding is poor esteem by poor parenting at home when, before we met them and now they got a title and they're using it because they're making it big, and they put other people they blaspheme God's name in a way because they're not giving. It isn't about the Lord now. It's about achievement, prosperity growing their ministry, having many people, and a lot of it is now occult to do that. Disobedient to parents. I guess you'd say now people are raising their grandchildren disobedient to grandparents if they raised you to whomever. No respect. I could say that could be in a way a, a way a, to movements. If, you're, if you've signed up, if God's called you to sign up to a movement, and they have poured into you and they've given to you and they've done, you know, taken time and energy in your life, male or female, black or white, then there is a, like a fathering, Christian fathering effect. There you should be respect, enduring respect, and then honoring them as the Lord shows you, whether blessing them, protecting them with prayer, or just loving them. So there's a, lack of love and a lack of education, a lot of lack of disobedience to parents, especially. There is a grateful spirit. All right. Everyone my age should do the same thing, not just younger ones. Are we, you know, for some reason, I 
always tried to honor my mother and father, and he has kept me. He has really kept me. My days are long on the earth, getting longer. And I did forgive everybody. I mean, it's, I'm just telling you things you can try practicing because he has done what he said, given me a long life. I feel very healthy. Unthankful and unholy, that ties in with parenting, black and white. It ties in with just basically unthankful to God. You know, Lord, I'm so miserable. Everybody's got more. My ministry isn't flourishing. Everybody else's is. I have no money today. Everybody, poor me, poor me. The world's going to end. Yeah, you could live like that. Won't get you anywhere. So being thankful, choose to be thankful for the smallest things. Catch yourself before you complain It will or pout. It will only bring you down layer by layer by layer. So instead, you choose to be grateful and say, I thank God in all things, not for all things, but in all things. That's a scripture. When my dad died suddenly like that, mom was at school, my sister was in college, and so when my mother heard the news, my father had dropped dead on a field trip and that he had retired from pastoring, was teaching school in the inner city. They went to North Carolina on the field trip and he died just like that, walked into heaven, climbing up the right memorial. And it made all the news. That's why I knew what an effect my father, his witness, his silent, quiet, calm witness had. People came out of the woodwork. Well, anyway, so my mother said to my sister, this is what they told me. I was in Virginia, had my firstborn, and, and two hours away in, in Richmond. So the um, my mother had said that when she got the news she was teaching at school, all they did was hand her the phone, and she found out like that. It wasn't very classy. So she knew the Lord, and right away she started giving, thank God for Holy Spirit teaching back in the day, near around the 80s, 79, 80 time. All the praising, power and praise books, Marilyn Carruthers books, movements of worship had started. So my mother switched right over into, um, Lord, I give thanks in all things. I give you thanks that you're there. I give you thanks for his good life. I give you thanks. And she kept that up and told my sister the same thing. Now, when I tell you something, we're going to give thanks in all things. And that's what they did. And I tell you, that was just so peaceful, so amazing. The only time I cried was when people, I was touched by his amazing witness. And so many people poured out of the woodwork to tell us. The people he just touched at the grocery store, the pharmacy, all these places he did, quiet, unseen, uh, you know, humble, walking it out things. And he was not a red state or a blue state. He voted issues. So it was like before politics, before all this stuff, before hate speech, it's just like normal persons, which we want. That's all we want in this. All right. So doing down the list, we even, I'm going to go quickly now. All right. So that the people be disobedient to, to turn away from these. They're unthankful, unholy, not living the life got secret closet issues, a lot of them. They're without natural affection. I think you could tell a lot of these cult movements are like that now. A lot of Christians that are leaders are jaded. You know, the certain kinds have seen it all, done it all more than twice, and now they're jaded, even their followers. And my peer group, especially those who I think, I really think used to be poor when they were raised, now they made it big and they've achieved and they're comfortable and gentrified. They are the worst nightmare. 
So I was not raised poor, but I think it's, it is usually nouveau riche. We've arrived. That's what I found in the deep, deep Southwest too. That was a contagion. I just couldn't, you know, we have back then, it was like a pastor told me the same thing, a friend, black pastors planning a work in the same area. And he said one day, you know, they said, this is the hardest place to plant a work I've ever done, to plant a church. These people have need of nothing. And it hit me, that's what I've been bumping into. I keep bumping into that kind of Christian. Older, been through the 80s and 90s, and now they're back and resting on their cult laurels. And they don't understand anybody, but they're that basic group. So it's a big alert. I was not sent to African Americans. I had been before that, but where I was located by God strategically was to, I guess, bump into the whelp main major subgroup of the capta of the nation, I guess. All right. So people be unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Compassion fatigued, Eli, you know, jaded, cynical, biased, self-protected, clubby. Let's don't take anyone that might hurt, us, you know, take from us. Disdaining like the sins of Sodom. The sins of Sodom in Ezekiel 14, 30, 49, like the church. Proud, self-content, vain, full of good food and failing to help the poor. They, they'd arrived. That's the sins of Sodom. Google that. Without natural affection, truce breakers. You can't tell who you're going to trust no matter what. They're not under the law. They're a law in their own might because of their righteousness. Their own self-righteousness says, you know, I don't have to do that. I am entitled not to do it or to do it or to have whatever I want. False accusers. I just spent how many weeks and months and years studying? Well, that explains it. False accusers. I sit back. I dream. I zero in on my club with my psychic power. And I detect with my spectral evidence, my white witch warfare that I think is prophecy. Yes, they did the, they did the deed. They did that. They're not, they're not submitted. They're a member of this. They're not like, a, but anyway, that false accusers, then after they get up off their couch, they go call and warn everybody. They look like it. So we better watch it's a Jezebel. I've had that happen to me personally. And I have been accused so much and so often by whelp, young and old, very old. I'm fed up. I'm not going to, on behalf of all the people that are doing this around the nation, falsely accusing, witch watching all this stuff, you are not immune to God's justice because he's sticking up for the little people now. He's sticking up for the non-famous. We're being biased against. We're being put down. We're being told we're no good. We're not wanted by your evil eye and your fake doctrine and scowl of false teaching, males and females, junior ministers and older ministers. Be it known. False accusers incontinent, no self-control, no self-government. Fierce, 
Listen, you go up now to, oh my heavens, the fierce scowl of false doctrine, the arrogant superiority, Roman patricianism mixed in the fields that are white, uh, that are ministry, leadership. You go up to say hello and if you go up as a non-famous, non-famous person that may be looking tired or just is not their kind, that you don't have the cult following, if you go up to these in a mega cult, you are stared down by fierce doctrine of stares. I, I can't help but compare to my father and Baptists and, and Christians and and people not in the cult, occult, cult, and 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 Baptist and Vineyard and Church of God in Christ and I mean different colors don't do this. This is evil. This is matriarchal, patriarchal elite celebrity. That's all I can figure. It is fierce because it's willful, it doesn't, it is not humble, and it demands our turf, you are the enemy. Because it's so, it is in Isaiah 1 through 3, little g-god sins of the leaders of fault finding, and false teaching, and vanity, which makes them which produces Isaiah 5.20. It says, Woe unto you who call evil good and good evil. That was a national word from back then. Because you are calling evil good. You're calling somebody who's not anything like you dreamed up. You imagined, you spectrally thought, or heard down the pike of your witch-watching central. You and all the rest are calling many people that are good and pure in heart, just not like you, evil. And you're calling that practice, that occult practice, you're calling that good. Whoa, whoa. Why? Read Isaiah 10, verse 26 through 28. The woe, the first three chapters of Isaiah to God's people, leaders, was to say, I'm waiting, says the Holy Spirit. I've been waiting to release my yoke-breaking anointing, which would make your neck so fat with my anointing and power that no fierce, dominating, controlling nation or individual could wipe you out and take your culture with it. But you, you are blocking it because you're controlling. You're too controlling in false doctrine. So this is why we leave these places, to be honest. It, it fits, it is a from such turn away fellowship exemplified. This is how it happens in our nation. All right, so without natural flesh, they, have no, they don't really care for the common person anymore. These people don't care about Jesus. They care about them and their turf. They don't care about the normal person who lost, the stranger, the person who without a house while they're finding, you know, they don't care. They just want their, they're just protecting their brand. That's how we've grown. All right, they're false accusers, incontinent, fierce turf protectors, despisers of those that are good. What did I? What did we just say? 
they're calling good evil and evil good. They despise some of us, like myself, for showing up. This is worship. This is selling Jesus' name to get them to come and us to come to your brand time after time. You want to, this is a warning. Calling despisers of those that are good. How many times, how many people in ministry are called evil because they show up and they're not like the witch watcher famous kind. Traitors, heady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having, and this is it, bottom line, having a form of godliness. Oh yeah, we know how to put on a good show. We know how to rock and roll. We know how to really praise. We know how to give you a word and get tapes and have a great leadership table. We can really do it good for the few of you we approve of. <laughs> Having a form of godliness. Oh, look, I know how to do it well. The lights, the camera, the action, the celebrity, the micro church, the mini church, the farm church, whatever it is. I know how to really, you know, we know we have our praise and worship and we do it this way. And we have our announcements and we have our prayer and we have our sermon and we have prayer at the end and we have praise at the end. We got it down. We know how to do it. We got the form. But it says it's a form of godliness. Are they humble? Are they holy? Are they diverse, respectful, all kinds of ages and people? Or do they criticize them and critique them and brand them by their looks and their supposed personality that they think they've seen without speaking to them? I tell you, I cannot tell what, how bad that is, how bad that is to be scanned repeatedly for weeks, even months, by many people, because you know it, you're not some fool, you're a prophet, and you're thinking, hmm, I'm learning what they're doing here, they're doing it to many people, and they're pointed this, but they're not into relationship, they're so fine-tuned in their serious power, that they just don't have to, now they're above being a normal, they're above God, they're above Jesus who went about doing good, they're above Jesus because they don't have to, they're too in the Holy Spirit, they're too out in the far zone of psychic is more like it. I don't trust it. You know, I like the people that do it. I can see their point. But listen, after if you do it two or three times, because you do need to scan people, I admit it, and if you're a prophetic group, probably. But if you have a special never speak and you're guarded and you're stern and fierce and your people are likewise that are just resemble you, all that is is a cult, smells like cult spirit to me. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the joy of the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit without fault finding and cult following and witch watching. Without false teaching. They're denying the power thereof from such turn away. How can I go if they never smile? How can I go if they are superhuman <laughs> and only can only speak <laughs> and only speak through their minds? It's like a science. It's like science fiction. It's like they're you know it's a cult if they don't think 
now we're too good to speak. <laughs> now we're too good to lower ourselves to the common person, the new visitor, and lower ourselves because we have attained. We have attained majesty, and now we can project and suspect, and nobody's going to know it but us because we're so, you know, their false teaching, de you know, deceives them. We know. We know, because we're not fools. We're well-trained after all those years of sitting under these people's ministry. <laughs> not all, but Holy Spirit. We got Holy Spirit telling us. So we don't want people to fall away. And we don't want people to run away because of drama. You know, I, don't, I, I leave because of drama. I have, in my history background, I have a great backstory of history where I've dealt with, like a victorious champion of forgiveness with drama huge ongoing big drama of people who are in a unrepentant fault finding and withstanding accusing mode on a almost on a daily yearly basis then you know you got the level of the psychic drama going on telling whispering and about you know you got all this local christ falling drama so by the time I've reached this ripe age of joy, true joy, and I'm nobody's captive, I'm not in anybody's system, I'm Galatians, God sent Galatians 1, 1, and 2, office not sent out by any one person or any one group. I am the brothers and sisters that are with me, the other ministers, co-laborers. We have plenty of freedom and the right to pronounce true doctrine, suspected as false doctrine and then there is false doctrine a lot of it but we're not going to name your name now so i would submit that i would like i could use help in prayer and then when the lord leads people who want to be on this show if you've heard this and also just divine appointments a real prayer for ministry divine appointments and prayer protection mature prayer protection that is the covering we all need more of prayer covering not and then divine appointments because i miss my board i they died they got old things happened they had black and white but i want people i'm a that the lord sends to speak into my life that i you know that are available loosely that are just sent as friends accountability i could be friends and accountability to some people out there if they need it i can mentor either I, I felt like god wanted me to mentor ministers and people that have mentor parenting ministries and planning plowing a, a church a work doesn't have to be a church so if you need that also worship but theology family planning a work Here's one I just got, money. All right, the theory, how to, how to present the offering, the collection. When you know you got needs, you got real life, you got family, you got business, you got home. How to get this in a non-celebrity, but how do we think it through to really teach from the point that we don't want to reflect the Eli Temple High Priesthood anymore and that is where i've come that's why i stood back i'll be honest it has not helped me personally or financially but i've really pulled back to try to just stoically hear god and not put a lot out about tithes and offerings i will be working because i it 
I felt embarrassed, frankly. <laughs> I felt embarrassed and ashamed to say anything because it's so accused out here in the rank and file. I'm not a people pleaser, but I just felt really to be erring on the side of not saying anything much. Now that we've come into this new place, we're set in the Lord, in the spirit in this area, we, I feel like it's supposed to blossom in ministry, help more ministries also to have a regular basis church for ministry fellowship on the weekends. So I will be talking about tithing and I'll be talking about receiving and giving, but lift that up because that's my least <laughs> favorite, my least, you know, my least, I guess I'm really hyper concerned about it. I also felt for me that I am, I would really think that the way to do it now, because I put down, God had me put down my 5013C when I quit being a charismatic in Dallas as a sign of what might be the future. I'm not saying it is to scare you, but you better, I'm not dependent and I have not been dependent on that because it's one more leg of paperwork and one more leg of what of this ministry is now. So what I will do for me, it's like Old Testament. And the goal would be Matthew 6, 4, give in secret when the Lord tells you whatever amount, whatever big amount, a little amount, give in secret to this work that you can tell what we're up to. Basically, you're our friend. You will understand it because we're ready to build going out from here, really upgrade. But the issue is all the formality, legalism, traps, trappings of ministry and Christianity. And what is really right not. We're not saying anything's evil. No, I'm not. I'm saying we're a new breed. We're undergoing a real new breed. And that involves cash and conscience, a clear conscience, and not being mercenary, and not being showbiz, and not being keeping up with the Joneses, no matter who they are or who they're not. This is about conscience. Prosperity, my whole other message is in between your ears. And I have been intentionally before now on the car camping adventure, two things to show how godly contentment, it is not about money or cash or being loved even by your fellow Christians or ministers. It is a sign unto these ministers, however, a sign like Ezekiel in the Bible. It was first season, a set time. And I was sent as an off-scouring of the world to the famous mega ministers, the, the charismatic mega ministry as a sign of what they maybe ended up in. They could end up that easily. Look at our nation. Look at what's going on and what's not going on in our nation right now. You have no clue what we're about to live. And I have lived there to precede you, to give you helpful tips of how to do it professionally and keep your joy. And not be the only rude, the only condemnation attack on this journey, besides it was the disapproval scowl of the Eli Templeite priesthood, basically. Red state, white, in it for the playtime ministry, I guess, compassion, fatigue, the Eli. 
but it only gave me fuel for the common man. I think, man, we got to be ready at any time. Therefore, the grace of God go I. There grace we got. When I think, yes, you can be a Solomon, but you should be equally respected if you're not. If you're out with the people, a missionary, a Mother Teresa, I'm a Mother Teresa. I, I'm, I'd rather be there. So if you're out like a Mother Teresa, you know the lay of the landscape, the real people, the everyday people. Those are the ones God loves to come. And that's who we're sent to, basically, high and low. But we want it to not be ego or about me. And our needs are met. Our needs have been met. It hasn't been palaces. It hasn't been all fun. But my conscience is clear. And I've never had such a joy in my life. I never was raised like that. My mom and dad were well off. You know, they, my, I came from before Dallas, well off, very well off. And I thought, the Lord was just showing me during that time, that testing time, humbling me, but showing me how many, how to relate to people. No elitism, just down to earth. Love them as you find them. Inspect them by their fruit, of course. Don't be a, a compassion fatigue snob. We have made it, you know, nouveau riche. And because I was not raised poor, I came from a good home. I thought, it's time. If God wanted to use Eli on his side, Ezekiel, for four years, 390 days, whatever it was, this is the modern day version. It's getting to be more and more end times when I think of like that. But I am also a joyful, I'm a adventurer. I am an adventurer. I roll with it. Maybe I have a bit of sanguine in me, you know, that person, I just roll with it. But I have lived to talk about it and to train you, hopefully, if you or your children do not end up there because of the egos, the false humility, the lack of love to the normal person, to the normal person. So what we have now is the criteria of Paul, one command, fellowship with the saints, not legalistically, do your best, it's two commands to leave. From the Friendly Fire Fellowship of 2 Timothy 1 through 5, I just read. The second one is Paul in 1 Timothy 6, 6. If they say you're not blessed or good enough because you don't have money, from such turn away, and we have. And a lot of you all are telling people that. And a lot of people are don't think they're good enough because they go to your church and you're telling them that. So I'm saying either you all change at the leadership top, get off the occult side, and then otherwise you wonderful, non-famous, get out. You are getting an attitude of arrogant superiority and false teaching and pride and occult that is similar to Psalm 123 verses 3 and 4. My soul is filled with the contempt of the proud, with the, my soul is contempt with those who are at ease, the pride of the at ease and the contempt of the proud. That's what this is. It does something to you. It's a cult, but it's also that. Psalm 124 says about, I think it was the one that says that the waters of pride tried to come over me. Been there, seen this. I'm a prophet. A true prophet, one of God's prophets. I, you know, it helps me know how not to be. 
because some of this is thick. It is really thick. So everyone, each and every one, including me, Psalm 123, the last three verses is how not to be because Levitical pride, self-righteousness, bias, superiority, the Job 41 Leviathan is perceived by many, too many. And if you're a white person with a black pride against black people, they're going to know it because they've already been around it. They are smarter than you think. They have their skills up to watch out for the next mean person, accuser. So we live with them in mind, live with them in mind, because I think if it's that bad from the white people in the occult chauvinist side, the red state occult side, what are they doing to the black people? <laughs> so we love you, but I mean, we love people, God's people. We love God more than religious performance and all the setting traditions of the yesteryear move. That's gotten old and ornery, and we've moved on. Behind me is our sign. I've got to close. This is Tavo DRC signing off of Tavo Creative Leadership, and that is a sign of a hopeful new day. It's a bit cloudy, but when I raise the blinds, it is really just amazing springtime. It's the end of the old day, the old fault-finding Eli Temple High Priesthood supreme monarchy setting up on all the wells of God's spirit and the old move. Now we can all move over and start a new day. I think young. I don't think old. I think, man, this is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. These are the days. Psalm 118. These are the days the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We shall you don't laden your head with fear and worry and nightly news to get there. You start with what we've already talked about earlier, thanking God, being thankful in all things, finding things to think about that are beautiful, pure, holy, lively, funny, beautiful, good scenery, R&R, &R, and then fill your joy tank. It's really our tie-in to the 3J2 lifestyle. Beloved, above all things, I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, your mind, will, and emotions. Third John 2, little John, beloved, God's beloved, above all things, even no matter what's going on and what's not, that you've heard about, that you think might happen, above all things, I would that you would prosper, self-prosper by choosing things that are right, that do things that will help prosper your soul, your mortal soul, with God's help. Mind, prosper your mind, prosper your will, prosper your emotion. That's the way. Put on right soul-prospering music. I call it 3J2 lifestyle. So we're here for that, despite all the focus today on wickedness. I'm sorry. But we just got to cleanse the bathwaters of doctrine and certain quality to make it more habitable for Jesus' new move. That's all. God is good, his mercy endured. Tell the Pharisees, this is not fault-finding. If they're wealth, they take it personally. Tell them this is really technically 3 John 3, excuse me, 3, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that the Bible is God's word that is profitable for 
instruction, doctrine, correction, reproof, it's reproof, and correction, it's a correction, so that it's a good reason, so that the man and woman of God will be thoroughly furnished. Funny to mention it, though. I thought it was really strange. Do you realize that we just read and talked about the Friendly Fire Fellowship of Accusers, Boasters, and Lovers of Themselves? It's at the start of the same chapter. Second Timothy 3 is meaty. It starts with the accusers and the boasters, and it ends up with what to do about them. <laughs> and that is reprove and correct their doctrine. And mine. Maybe mine needs it. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's fault finding. We're just trying to be real and available to help God so many people can come to the living waters of his salvation. God is good. Be good. This is Tabo DRC signing off for now.